Welcome to The Wellness Table. I'm Dr. Cheryl Bothwell. And on this show, we're going to talk about nutrition, longevity, and lots of other fun things. But today on the show, we want to talk about one of the questions I'm asked so often is what's the difference between a nutritionist, a dietitian, and what's a doctor of clinical nutrition? So today we want to answer those questions. So the topic of what's the difference between a dietitian, a nutritionist, and a doctor of clinical nutrition can be very confusing to people that are searching for care and wondering, how do I get nutrition information and who do I go to and who are the experts of nutrition? And we certainly know that that wouldn't be your physician. And so that's not their specialty. And we hear physicians themselves talk about that they are not trained in nutrition, but they really are experts of physiology and biochemistry. And so from that sense, when we talk about physicians don't have all the training in nutrition, then I'm going to come to their defense and say, but nutrition, really, when you do a bachelor's degree as a dietitian, it's really chemistry and biochemistry type major is what you have. So that's the similarity in medicine. And so there's a real foundation in how does the body work and what's metabolism like. And the dietitian goes deeper into digestion. And then we go into therapeutic diets. And that's where the physicians don't go as much into is that therapeutic diet. And what's that look like if somebody has this condition or post-surgery, what's that look like? So if we were going to differentiate between if somebody, say, had a bachelor's degree in nutrition or if they had a public health degree and public health nutrition, but they're not a registered dietitian, um, then the difference would be that they they could have learned all of the mechanism, the biology, the physiology, all about nutrition in the body. But when it comes to patient care and the therapeutic side, the registered dietitian is uniquely trained to therapeutically treat disease from that nutrition knowledge. So they take that knowledge and move it into patient clinical care. So they're really the clinician. So if you're looking at a registered dietitian, and so in the field of registered dietitian and me, I'm a registered dietitian, uh, the challenge has been who's a nutritionist. So a dietitian has, we've just now taken on that I am now a registered dietitian nutritionist. And we've moved from RD to RDN because registered dietitians want to own that word nutritionist because it's been so confusing. But technically, anyone can call themselves a nutritionist. And that's the news that makes it so confusing. So I can call myself a nutritionist if I took a course, if I went into the naturopathic world, if I went into public health, I had some nutrition classes, I could technically say that I am a nutritionist. So that word is not, I would just say branded as I think of a company. Like I can't call myself a physician if I haven't passed the medical boards. We protect that. But nutritionist is not a protected term. So what I would say to you is the simplest thing is that a dietitian will never call themselves a nutritionist. I'm just going to say that. If you see the word nutritionist, we will always say I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist. And we've just added that word so that people can feel like I'm looking for a nutritionist and we just kind of add it into registered dietitian. So that's what, that's a bachelor's degree. And soon in 2024, to become a registered dietitian is a master's minimum level trained. You've done all of your nutrition training, 
chemistry, biochemistry, physiology. You've done your clinical hours and you have a master's degree minimum as of 2024. And what I did was from all of that, I loved all of the training and I love being a student. And so I went on then and I pursued a doctorate in clinical nutrition. And to have a doctorate in clinical nutrition, you have to be a registered dietitian. So after I became a registered dietitian, passed the boards, began to practice, I was so excited. I'm like, my dream was to become a registered dietitian and to just help change the world and the way people ate and use food as the medicine and look at what is every single type of food we can eat to have a medicine-like effect. And that was my challenge. And then I began to see real patients. And I remember the first person that walked in the room after I was registered and I was a registered dietitian, passed my boards and I'm ready to see my first patient. And I had done a lot of public health, community and uh, health education. And I was a cookbook author. So I'd done a lot of book signings and a lot of public speaking things. But now I'm like a registered dietitian and I can really talk to someone that has diabetes and here's your diet and um, even get insurance reimbursement for doing it. So I'm like, this is the moment. This is my exciting time. And I started to look at individual counseling. And I began to see the challenges of, oh, there's only like six visits they have left. So to have nutrition education paid by your insurance company, what I was finding was like, oh, this patient had 70 pounds of weight to lose, but they needed to have 100 pounds of weight to lose to meet the criteria for insurance reimbursement. So nutrition counseling for weight loss wasn't covered unless somebody was 100 pounds or more overweight. And then there was still a limited number of visits. That became very frustrating to me because I felt like this person needs more. Okay, I'm past the number of visits, but they still need me in their life. This is a lifelong wellness journey. Eight visits isn't going to be enough to like change your whole life and be like, what am I going to do in two years? And we start to see why are people, 90% of people, when we put them on a behavior of change, something in their lifestyle or whatever, uh, a food that they need to eat, 90 to 95% have gone back and stopped doing that healthy habit after two years. Only 5% continue. So this is a very high fail rate. And this was my profession. So I'm looking at how am I going to change and change, make lifelong lasting change in people's lives. And so as I began to see the complexity of asking people to stop eating things, because um, I'm all over, well, we can't eat that. We shouldn't eat that. This is bad. Okay, that's a really bad food. Oh, if you have diabetes, you can't do that. And that was my training. And I began to see that these were real people. And I'm asking them to give up foods that they absolutely love, foods that celebrated family or on my birthday, this would be a big question. What am I going to do if I can't have my birthday cake and I have diabetes? I mean, their quality of life and their mind and their happy factor, I was taking it all away. So either they were forced with a choice of either manage my blood sugar and be good and come in and they'd walk in the door and say, I was really good this month. That's how they'd meet me at my visit. And I feeling like someone they have to report to, it's like a probation officer you know, and I did all the things I'm supposed to do. And if they didn't do it, they'd skip the visit. So I began to see this is like a really messed up system where I'm the guilt trip person. And so if I haven't done good, I don't go. So I stop my visit. And if I did really good, they show up proud and they want to star. And we did so good. And you should have seen what I did. And 
I lost 10 pounds and all it's like a celebration. So we're either celebrating or we're skipping a visit. And I'm like, the people that stopped coming became my challenge. And when we talk about this, this is something I'll say when it comes to what we see on social media or health influencers or these diets that people say are so successful. And I'll often say, but in that in that platform, do you know how many followers stopped doing what you were doing? Are you tracking the quit rate? And so I began to see like how many people stopped attending because those are the people I want to help. And yet the people that were doing perfect, was I making them happier or was I just putting them on more of a guilt trip? So they did better at being self-disciplined and tortured doing things they hate. So I just felt like something was really messed up and I needed to do something different. So I began to look at what was the research that was out there? And is there any more I can understand about nutrition to maybe motivate people more? So what I found with nutrition was that it was really, um, I wanted to be cutting edge. I wanted to know the latest studies and what they meant. And is that study accurate? And why is there so much inaccuracy between, well, let's say, is, is coconut good? Or like right now, is coconut bad? Like, oh, and then we see the shelf, a third of the, sh- of the sale- selling of, let's say, coconut water drop when a study comes out and it's reported on the news. And then I look at that study and I'm like, do I understand that study? And who, are we listening to somebody else interpreting that study? And did they understand nutrition? Who interpreted that study? And who funded that study? And that's what led me to, I wanted to know more. I didn't want to ask, you know, my husband at the time, Dr. James Peters, you know, two doctorates. I was called him the double doctor. And I would just say, is that a good study? And he had an epidemiology doctorate. So I'm like, is that a super good study? Is that accurate? And I just got to the place that I didn't want to look at my audience. And when they'd asked me what I recommended, I'm a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and I'm still asking more questions. And so that's why I pursued my doctorate in clinical nutrition at Rutgers University and spent seven years deep, deep, deeper than I ever thought I ever wanted to go, but to understand research and also know how to actually do my own study and my own original work that I could really understand the statistics and how it works. And is that the right statistical formula? And is a study good or not? And then having done my own studies, knowing, oh, wow, I can see the missing pieces and it all began to make sense. And that journey really changed me. So I took my clinical experience that I had with real people who were struggling with what do I do on my birthday or what about Thanksgiving or what will I eat for Christmas? And, you know, do I go there totally deprived? And I started out teaching them, you know, I just fell right into what dietitians, what we taught, you know, like, okay, well, when you go, try to go full and try to eat, you know, and I came up with let's eat two apples before, you know, 30 minutes before you go somewhere that you're not going to have control of what you eat. And yes, that works. You know, and there are different tips and things, but ultimately it's like me encouraging you to restrict. And I took that experience and tied it with understanding nutrition and the research so I could answer the questions about, is this food healthy for me? Um, And beginning to change the narrative where I wanted to walk on this journey with you, being myself real, what do I really do? 
and not act like I got this all figured out. I'm living in the real world with you and I face birthday cakes and I face, I like that ice cream at night. I live in that world and I love food and I love cooking. So as I look at this, I feel you. If we're sacrificing taste, I voted to live 10 years younger. I'm in that club. If we have to give up all flavor for the rest of our life, I want to shut her down 10 years earlier, but I never thought about I could get a stroke and be debilitated. And then I'm like, oh, well, maybe I'll rethink that. But overall, I was in the club that taste trumps everything. So I want you to know that I feel that. So I'm in this journey with you. I don't expect perfection, but I mostly want us to feel like we're in a judge-free zone. And when I was at Take 10, and when I sat in the clinics across 4,000 patients that I saw during that decade, and I would see every group, there was the same types of people, the people that wanted to be perfect. And they had that inner judge inside of them that said, you're good when you didn't eat that birthday cake. Now you're good. And you're bad because you ate it. Or I'm better than you because you ate it and I watched you eat it and I skipped it. Or I lost 10 pounds and you gained 10 pounds. Like this whole thing of watching people, and we see it in social media, body image. It's a whole other thing that I really want to talk about. But just accepting our body's natural blueprint, our DNA blueprint, but being as healthy as we can be. And what society want us to look like and how do we fit in that? I was surprised how many people would come in and visit me and their goal was to lose 10 pounds so that they could be happier, so that their husband would love them more, so that they would be more attractive. And these are very sad things to me because it's like, can we just love ourselves and what our body is and just healthy isn't this static moment that I lost my 10 pounds Happy as I lost the 10 pounds. Healthy as I got the blood pressure to look good right now. I might have taken the medicine to do it, but it's all looking good right now. And I'm feeling like I can go to the beach and feel proud of myself. And I've been exercising and I went to the gym. But are we really happy? And are we really as healthy as we can be today? And that's my heart for you is to be a real place where the cutting edge nutrition, but also seeing you as a real whole person And what's the healthiest we can be today? And again, that takes me back to the score. These are the 10 healthiest foods, the 10 habits that we can do every day that we're doing healthy. We're the healthiest we can be. We weigh our best weight that we can weigh today because we ate the very best. And as we get into this, we can begin to relax, enjoy life, be present, and start erasing that inner judge that says we're good or bad and just be in a safe place where we begin to enjoy love each other and support this journey and um, know that it's not about a diet. It's not about restriction. It's not about, I ate that cake, so now I'm bad. It's all about, let's do this all together. It's a lifelong journey. And every day we start as a new health journey day. One thing I wanted to add to, and we talk about nutritionists, um, is it's not a protected word. And so anybody can call themselves a nutritionist that studied or had a few nutrition classes or taken a certification, um, can be called a a nutritionist. So it's one of the reasons why you will not see a registered dietitian just refer to themselves specifically as a nutritionist. So with Doctor of Clinical Nutrition, it's clinical and research doctorate. And it was everything I wanted it to be. And that's where I created my score. And I was able to do the statistical research of the score. But there's lots of good people out there that want to help. And I want us to all come together, not isolate all of us, but whoever cares about real nutrition 
if you're a physician, if you're a nurse practitioner, if you're a chiropractor, if you're a DO, if you're a registered dietitian, if you're a health influencer, let's just get on the same page so that we're not against each other, but let's think about how we can help people and give good, trusted information that's based on science and real live people with clinical experience. Thanks for coming to the table, where every week we're going to talk about nutrition, longevity, and what it means to be well. If you would like to have your specific questions answered, become a member today to get access to our weekly private podcast, Ask Dr. Cheryl, where we will get to talk about wellness together. I can't wait to see you on the inside. 